With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to... Snow the goalie. 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 Flyers podcast. I am Russell Joy, at Joy on Broad on Twitter, co-host of Crossing Broadcast, and here we are, Snow the Goalie, a Flyers podcast. Uh, I am joined, as always, by Flyers beat writer for CrossingBroad.com, Anthony Sanfilippo. Anthony, would you like to uh, say anything really brilliant right off the bat? I'd like to just say hi. You know, I mean, this is we're finally talking about hockey here on Crossing Broad. I know a lot of people have been uh, pushing for this lately, and now we have the opportunity to do it. And, uh, and, and, and I'm really excited about it, Russ. And this is, this is something you know, we waited till the end of the season, but it doesn't matter. There's always time to talk about hockey, and, and I'm excited that we're going to have the opportunity to provide this uh, every week. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. The People's Podcast, Players Podcast, Prognosticators Podcast, PDLA Podcast, The Only Flyers Podcast. That was five and a half years ago. I introduced myself at the time as Russell Joy, and I said how excited I was to be doing a show with this man over here, Anthony Sanfilippo. Um, I think the show sounds a little bit different now. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, we've grown. We have usually have uh, Bundy with us, so we usually, it's a three-man operation, not just a two-man operation. Yeah. Um, you no longer introduce yourself as the host of the Crossing Broadcast. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I've long since moved on. Long since moved on from thing. that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Russell. Russell Joy. Russell. Russell. So, Russell. Uh, well, I can tell you now that, Ant, what was the date on that that recording, that intro track that we did all those years ago? That was March 27th. 2018. So today is October. We we're recording this on October 10th, 2023. And that's fitting because as we rec- as we realized right before we started recording, it's been exactly 2023 days since we dropped that intro to what the show is. Now, admittedly, we certainly need to change that intro track because although it's hilarious, it is not entirely representative of what the show has evolved into over five and a half years. We have been keeping going. We've been chugging along, um, and we've been doing some really big things. Now, and I think that for the most part, people who follow the show are aware of what has happened over the course mm-hmm. of the summer. And we we talk about it over on the Snow the Goalie channel as part of the big announcement of what we're 
now working on. But I do think that it's fair if you and I maybe take a second here to reminisce, just the two of us, of what this show started as, what it evolved into, how things changed, obviously, once COVID hit, and then where it's at now and, and how we're taking this to yet another level. So I want to go back. Let's jump back in the Wayback Machine to 2018. I approach you about the idea of doing a Flyers podcast. At the time, I was running the the entire podcast network and said, we need specific shows for specific sports. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? This Ant San Philly guy, while I hadn't known you that long, I was like, this man knows his hockey. Perhaps we can do something. Perhaps we can build something into the biggest Flyers podcast in the city of Philadelphia. So let me let me throw it to you. What was your initial thought when approached about doing the show? No, I thought it was a great idea. I mean, I had... Um started with crossing broad in uh, September of 2017. So I had already been basically covering the flyers for crossing broad for that season, that 17, 18 season. And um, I remember coming out to um, a, a remote broadcast of the crossing broadcast that you guys were doing out in Westchester um, right before the super bowl. Uh, it was during the playoffs for, for the, mm-hmm. with the Eagles. And it was right before the super bowl. And uh, just coming out and watching you guys, you had a great turnout. I mean, a really, really nice turnout for that live event. And, you know, it, you guys had kind of just, I think you had just started talking about the idea of, of doing sh- sports specific shows at that time. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, there doesn't, there's not anything out there, main, certainly not mainstream, that's a Flyers specific podcast. Nor is there anything that's out there that's really people who cover the team, like a professional uh, coverage of the team doing a regular podcast. And I thought, this was, look at the turnout these guys are getting. They're getting great, they get great listeners on Crossing Broadcast. Why not do this? As a matter of fact, I even then suggested back to Kyle after it was, you know, I guess you and him had talked about it and, it was broached with me. I even suggested back to Kyle saying, Hey, if you want to do a Philly specific one too, like I'm, I'm game for that. And I can kind of take on Russ's role and do it with Bob. Cause Bob Wankel was, you know, the Phillies writer at the time. And, and yeah. like, you know, I can talk baseball with Bob because there's very few people <laughs> at the time at crossing broad who really did baseball or talked about baseball. Yeah. And so like, we kind of just took it from there. Um, and it's hysterical to go back and listen. And I urge people to go back and listen to those early, early episodes just for fun. Because Which are, by the way, also available on the yeah. Snow the Goalie YouTube channel. There's an entire playlist of old episodes. There's no video. Although I did manage to mine some of the old hard drive stuff that I had. And I did find some episodes that obviously we did not release with video on the Crossing Broad channel. And eventually I will upload to the Snow the Goalie channel. I think I found the I found the Pronger interview on video. Oh, I that's found, a great one. I think I found the Knubel one and the Briere one. So we'll we'll be adding those as well. But yeah, you're right. That I will tell you, I hadn't gone back and listened to those old episodes, um, probably since like around the time that we did them. And to just go back and listen to the first, I think it was like the first 13 is the first batch that I did on the Snow the Goalie YouTube channel. I got so stuck in like the Wayback Machine that I intended on just kind of like cropping off the the beginning and the end because of DMCA strikes and takedowns on YouTube. And I was like, we're not going to play that game. And I got sucked into listening to the entire first episode. And I kind of smiled because I was like, you think about where we started at. And it's cool, Ant, because so many shows 
go through ups and downs. And we're very fortunate in that a lot of shows don't make it a year. A lot of shows don't make it two years. The cost of actually making a podcast isn't that high. The cost of hosting isn't that high. But it's it's about the time. And the time is significant. Uh, and, and everything that goes into building a show, writing about things, and what we were doing at the time, both of us going down and covering games, it was a lot. It was a labor of love. And here we are five and a half years later, and the show has only grown and grown and grown. Uh, we've been very fortunate, and it actually leads into what we're going to be doing, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But uh, did you go back and listen to anything? Did anything stand out to you other than me introducing myself as Russell Joy, the co-host? <laughs> is there anything else that stood out to well, you uh, in the listening very back? The very first interview we did is a player who's still on the team. It's Travis Sanheim. But the way that that was done, like we, you know, we had just started the podcast. It was the very first episode. Mm-hmm. And basically what I had done is I went over to Voorhees and went into the um, – into the locker room with my recorder and just stood there by the locker and recorded the a one-on-one with Travis Sanheim. And it was just very generic, like typical locker room interview, like asking a few questions and recording it. And then we played the, the recording of that audio mm-hmm. on the show and like, Hey, we got our first guest. Right. And it wasn't like he was actually on the show with us. It was, just me recording a one-on-one interview in the locker room. And so like, I think from going from there to what we're doing now with our, with our interviews with, which we're going to get into with a full production element attached to it. It's fascinating how, how far we've come. So like that was the very first thing that stuck out to me. It's just how, how basic we were. And if you listen, my audio before I had a, like, I didn't even have a real mic back then. Um, so like you know, I was just I was just using the computer microphone, and it was not a good one. Um, and so it's just the, the difference in audio quality, the difference in how we did things. From we where were doing we're that talking. show, like yeah. this is obviously like way pre-COVID times. We were doing yeah. the show on TriCast, I think it was. Yeah, where we didn't see each other. We could have done Zoom and like figured right. it out, but we we did a thing called TriCast. And so you and I were just two little blurbs on a screen and we could see the audio recording and that was yeah. it. There was no playing off each other. There was no mocking each other face to face. It was all just listening, right? Um, but it it is kind of fun to think about those early days, uh, the interviews that we did over time, which I'd obviously encourage people to go back and listen to because even though these players are not on the team anymore, you had a guy like Jordan Wheel come on and tell the story of uh, minor league hockey and a guy drinking a beer out of his prosthetic leg. Um, you know, we had we had uh, the episode with um, with Dale Weiss where <laughs> the next day he got released. That was probably our fault. Yeah. We had Ron Hextall on um, one of the the earlier episodes where we got a lot of insight into players that that he thought you know was uh, were going to be part of the team going forward. We had Vino on. We had uh, Scott a, Gordon on. Even a guy like coaches. Mike McKenna, who was Mike a cup McKenna, of coffee the, here, was the biggest was, suitcase in the was a great in the history interview. of the game. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, Homer was on what twice. Yeah, Briere was on before taking well, on. I guess, well, so that so once we get to the Briere, so that was yeah. I think that's where things changed for us, and, and completely unexpectedly in a lot of yeah. uh, for the good. It was, it, but it changed uh, unexpectedly. Because during COVID, we were like, well, what the hell are we going to do with this podcast? You know, what are we going to talk about? Because we didn't know how long we were going to be out. 
And we kind of got the, you know, I kind of thought, well, hey, why don't I just start going through some of my contacts in my phone and see if we can't get some of these guys to come on. And, you know, we weren't intending for this to be every one was going to be a one hour interview, yep. like take us through your hockey playing career. But then when we realized that, you know, hey, these guys are basically stuck inside their homes just like we are. And they're, you know, they're happy to give us an hour. If some, in some cases, even more than an hour. And then we started doing that every week for us. Like we would get, we were just yeah. getting player after player and coach after coach. It was like, yeah, that, that run started in <laughs> April of 2020. Yeah. It started with uh prop. Brian prop. Yeah. Knubel. Mm-hmm. Kevin Deneen. Peter Luco. Yeah. Craig Baruby. Ken Hitchcock. Did we interview Hitch? Did we? I did Hitch one-on-one. You weren't there for Hitch. Uh, Poulin. And then Briere. Briere was uh, May 31st of 2020. Yeah. And then Pronger came on. That was like another big one. Patrick Sharp came on. Pronger was one of the best. It was just, uh, it was crazy. Uh, And and that's where we really started to see some growth. And eventually Keith Primo came on. In September of that year it was a big that was a big one too that, because that, that was, was really, when he, he, he cried on the cried show on our show yeah. yeah yeah talking about you know post concussion um there was a lot that happened in there and I think it was in 2019 so we started the show in spring of 18 I think it was October of 18 or it was the start of 19 I think it was October of 18 is when we started doing the press row show mm-hmm. and that was that was one of those times where uh, I'll toot my own horn on this one. We were way ahead of the curve. We were way ahead of where the medium was heading. It's one thing that I pride myself in is having an idea of where the media landscape is going to go. That's actually kind of credit, I think, in some way to the work done um, in the early days of, of working with Crossing Broad was getting to actually you know, analyze where media was heading. Uh, but we started doing that show, and it got ridiculous numbers on... Facebook, especially, and on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, back Periscope, in the Periscope days, yeah. yeah. And we were doing pregame. We were doing the intermissions, and then you and I'd go down to the locker room. We'd get quotes. We'd start writing our stories, and that was it. And then around COVID, you almost died. Not quick, not great. Not great. It was actually, it was, it was after, like, I was after we, everybody was back from COVID. Yeah. My COVID was, was January 21. Um, and then we, we got back into the arena for the closed off games where they tarped the lower level. And I was down there covering it because that that was when you were out or you were out sick at that time as well. Yeah, it was for three months I was out. Well, two and a half. Which was, yeah. which was also crazy because I was down there covering games in like this dystopian reality of, uh, you know, nobody being allowed in the building except for the players, the coaches, you know, required support staff and then media. That was wild. It was weird. That's where it's also around the time that uh, Jake Voracek called – Mike Sealski, a fucking weasel. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. That was a that was a moment. That was a quasi iconic moment in Philadelphia sports media in the last few years. Um, but a lot of things happen, and and eventually, you know, once COVID kind of did what it did, you and I kept doing press row show for a bit. Then we stopped. Well, and the, then- my favorite part of press row show was when they actually had us on the other side of the building. Yeah. So opposite press row. So the yep. year after COVID, when we were all allowed back in the building, um, there were limited fans, if you remember, um, yep. per, that were allowed in. And it was very small number. I think it was a thousand at the time, uh, or roughly around that. 
Um, but they wouldn't let us in the press box because their the team staff, like their PR people and their all their communications people, and you know, obviously the the GM's box is over there and whatever. They didn't want us physically interacting with anyone. So yeah. the media, we sat on what is now called Revolutionary Row, which is basically that front row up against the glass on the balcony level, but on the far side of the press, on the opposite side of the building. Um, and so like we couldn't really do press row show there like we did it in, on actual press row because yeah, we, we didn't have we counters. Were... They gave us I basically actually... like... I'll tell you, you what, I forgot they gave about us? it. Now, yeah, they gave us the little folding tables. Yeah, they gave us like they gave us like those like, little dinner like TV like trays. Folding TV yeah. spray tables, I totally right? wow. Until you said that, <laughs> like I, I had a hard time remembering. Yeah, so Barely we three ended or four up, seats apart. Yeah, so we ended up setting setting up. We had to sit seats apart, multiple seats apart. Although you and I kind of cheated a little bit, we only put like one seat between us. Um, Whew, but then we would scandalous, a scandalous, right? <laughs> but then we would we would go back. For the uh, press row show, they had those fireplaces with those little couches. Yeah. And yeah. so we would set up, we put one of the card tables there, little tables there, folding tables there with your computer and then the microphone right in front of us on like the coffee table and yep. had the video of the of the fireplace behind us, which was kind we of cool. We were so dumb. We thought, <laughs> now in fairness, it it worked really well at the time, even though it was kind of a pain for us to do. It worked well because that was still a time when I think people were looking for some semblance of normalcy where it just didn't exist in the world. And right. so like that was a cool thing that we were able to do. I'm actually looking for one really quickly to see if uh, if I can find one of those. I can see when we were back. Oh, my God. There's one where uh, uh, you're you're sitting with your back to me with the TVs overhead. Uh, anyway. It was wild. It was crazy. It was borderline stupid. But we did it if for no other reason than we got to interact with people. And we thought that that was a really important thing that we were trying to do. Yeah. Um, now, I will say, so like now that we've kind of touched on that, in 2021, I feel like this was meant to be like a five-minute thing. And now we've turned it into an episode. We'll make it a bonus. It's fine. Um, it was what? 2021 is when Bundy came on for the first time. Yeah. Well, and, originally, if you remember, he originally came on as a guest the first time. Yeah. I'm actually I'm looking for what episode number it was. Uh, we'll find it. But like Bundy came on in 2021, uh, May 12th, 2021 was episode 121. He came on as a guest and we got done doing that episode and we started talking to him. And, and if I remember correctly, I think before we even started the episode, you and I talked and we're like, Bundy would be a hell of a get for the show if we could convince him that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And then he came on. And as soon as we got done recording, he was like, guys, that that felt good. That felt right. And it was at that moment that we said, all right, listen, if the day should come that you'd be interested in doing something like this, open door. You, know, you come right back and, and we'll do the thing. And, and let's be honest, because at the time, there were some competing interests mm -hmm. of, of other podcasts that had reached out to Bundy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew it, like we had known about it and we thought, don't let somebody else get him. Of course they weren't flyers podcast. Cause this is the only flyers. Podcast, right. yes, <laughs> we were like, don't let some, don't let somebody else get him because yeah. that would, that would not be great for us. So we, we really, you know, we pushed for it and we stayed in constant communication. Um, I, I, I you know, does my, the fact that I had a 20 year relationship with the guy probably help a little bit. 
Yeah, but there Maybe. were other. There was at least one other opportunity to to go somewhere with someone he's known even longer than me. So, yeah. um, I think it it came down between two different places, and I think he just liked the freedom that we gave, like the, that we were blunt and honest in our coverage of the team and how how you know different that was, and we were not worried about being the traditional media we were, were we were just like hey we're just gonna have real honest hockey talk and i think that that's what, what the attraction was and adding bundy so after we got done stealing by the way you know stealing him we after we got done stealing him from chicklets um i'm just kidding it, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't chicklets it wasn't chicklets but you know what you skipped in there russ hmm. you know what you skipped in, in getting to the bundy part don't talk about the other interview that we did in between I no talk about it okay. where, where where did we go temporarily hell we were on the radio oh that's right that's right that was what that was 2019 that was the fall of 19 into the spring of 2020 yeah and then 610 espn shut down i will say oh do i tell people what almost happened should i finally like yeah go ahead i think you're okay okay at this point this is our this is our okay so back in 2019 when we were doing the show in the fall we were doing it on 610 espn uh I don't care. I'm never going to work with these people anyway, or at least with some of them. Some of them already got fired, um, and probably rightfully so because they weren't very good at their job. They were complacent, and they led their station to hell. But uh, when we did the show on 610 ESPN, it was part of a larger thing that was supposed to be a deal with 97.5 The Fanatic and, and um, Crossing Broad. And in that, Crossing Broad was going to provide written content for the 97.5 site that nobody reads or read at the time. Maybe they read it now. I doubt it, but maybe. Um and so that was that was part of it. And then we were going to take a bunch of shows from the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, and we were going to eventually try to program them on the weekend for 97.5. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, 97.5 had a good number of people who were in prominent roles at the station who were, like, locked in. They didn't have a morning show at the time. Or maybe they did. Maybe it was Gar- – I don't remember if Gargano was doing the morning show at that point. Gargano well, they had Marks. just – I think that's when they had just switched him. Okay. Off so – okay. So that – that show, I don't know if that's right. It doesn't matter. Um, they had a bunch well, of people were... who were who were set. But the thing was, any station uh, needs to develop talent for the future. And at that time, we were like, hey, we could prove that we can get callers, we can get actual numbers. You know, we can. We're not going to like make a big competition on the weekend, but like we can do something. And so we were going to take crossing broadcasts with me and you and Bob and Kevin Kincaid at the time, or some combination of us, depending on what the sport was the season. We were going to take that show. We were going to take Snow the Goalie. And then you and Bob were going to take Crossed Up potentially. All that was supposed to happen. Then they said, we want to get your reps on 610 ESPN. We said, okay. Nobody listened to 610 ESPN, but sure. 610 ESPN required people to pay for their time on air. So if you ever, for some reason, listened to the station, just about every show you heard were, that wasn't ESPN syndicated, where ESPN actually paid uh, Beasley uh, stipend or whatever to run their programming. Any of the local stuff was people paying to be on the air. Our show, Snow the Goalie, and Crossed Up and Crossing Broadcast, they actually paid us. We had, I think, one of, if not the only deal where we got paid to be on the air on 610. And a big part of that was proof of concept and then get a look on 97.5. And what happened was, Within two months of us doing the show, we were getting callers. We were getting actual engagement. We were getting people tweeting at 610 ESPN saying, yo, why aren't these guys doing shows on the Fanatic? What the hell's happening? And then I started asking the same question. We were on an email thread. 
with uh, with Joe Bell, who's still in place as the VP of something, something, something at Beasley, Philadelphia, with Eric Johnson, who's no longer working with the Fanatic, with Coach Camille, who also is no longer working with 97.5 The Fanatic. And what we pretty much got was that they couldn't be bothered to listen. Not Joe Bell. Joe Bell said that he listened to the show and enjoyed them. But the two guys who were in charge of 97.5, who had gotten complacent, wouldn't listen to the shows, wouldn't listen to any of them, couldn't have been bothered. And so that was when I said, well, fuck this. We're going to figure something else out. So I reached out to another station. And I reached out to that station. And that was probably, what, February? January or February of 2020. So we're doing a nice run. I think it, I it, it helped. I th- it also I think helped, I, I think, for us, at least, Russ, right? Mm-hmm. It helped that the Flyers were doing good at that point. They were. And there, they were was some, well. there was some real interest in the Flyers at that point, right? I've never talked course, about this publicly before. I'm a little bit nervous, too. It's fine. He doesn't yeah. work in the city now either anyway. Well, in yeah. that capacity. So I got in touch with Spike Eskin at WIP. And I said, hey, if the opportunity ever presents itself, we've got this podcast. We are the only Flyers podcast. He happens to be the host of the only Sixers podcast, writes Ricky Sanchez. And I said, if the, if the time should ever present itself, I think that we could do something here. I think we could do something on the weekend. Weekends are kind of weird as is. You give one hour where people know that there's going to be Flyers talk. You'll probably end up popping a pretty decent number. He compared Flyers fans to Pantera um, <laughs> because people are always complaining that they don't hear about them on the radio. And then when they do, those people complain yeah. that the people talking about them don't know what they're talking about. And I was like, that's actually pretty fair. Yeah. But in our case, we actually knew what we were talking about with the Flyers. So uh, we had a handshake deal. And he was going to go back to HR. He was going to figure it out. We were going to try to do some live events. Um, especially around when the Flyers make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That happened. It was March. I don't know what the date was. It doesn't matter, but but there's a there's a big moment that happens. We have a handshake deal. I say, don't back out. He goes, I won't. I'm going to go talk to HR. We'll get things going. I said, okay. The next day, literally the next day, probably like 16 hours later, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I, was, touches, I knew that's exactly where you were going with this. Yeah. Touches microphones at an NBA press conference mocking COVID. Within a day or two, the entire sports world is shut down. Yeah. Advertisers start to flee from radio stations. Radio hosts are wondering if they're going to have jobs. We obviously go, our little, you know, handshake deal goes on the back burner, which we understood. We weren't going to complain about. Like, it kind of was what it was. And then we said, all right, we'll sit back and we'll wait. Well, it took eight months, a year, something like that, until things started to seem a little bit more stable for radio. And at that point, you and I had kind of moved on to other things, to other things that we were doing. Mm-hmm. And we ultimately, in you know, checking back in with Spike, he's like, oh, there's, there's a chance we can maybe figure something out down the line. And you and I said, you know what, having the freedom of doing the podcast, at that point it had grown because that is after we did that long run of interviews. We said, you know, the audience is growing big enough at this point and fast enough that we can really dive into this. Like we can, we can really go at, uh, on the podcast route. And I think at some point he had even said to me something to the effect of like, the the radio bump might not be as big as you hope it will be because the people who are looking for your show are going to find it as a podcast. I don't know if you're going to all of a sudden pick up a ton and ton and ton of people from listening on the radio. And like they have a bunch of shows that were digital only podcasts that I think they do streaming with, but I don't remember if they all make it to air on the radio. And I think that that's probably, you know, shown to be true. But like a thank you to him for considering yeah. the show at the time because he listened to it and he was like, this makes sense and it's very good. All right, so we got that out of the way. And then uh, 
Bundy. So this was like all that was 2020, and we went on we went on a, a nice another run of of interviews and such. Bundy comes on board in 2021. The numbers keep growing. We start feeling, hey, we can turn this into something. We worked at some point with the Hockey Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Um, I can look when that was. I should have had this like done. I think it was down. then. I think that was right around then, right around 2021. I think you're probably right. Um, yeah. But we we worked with the hockey the hockey podcast network. That was in 2020. It was right after the thing. Okay, 2020. Okay. So we worked with them. They talked to us about potentially taking our show from Crossing Broad at the time and moving it full time to the hockey podcast network. Um, but they wanted to have the rights to the show. They wanted the rights to the feed. I said no. Mm-hmm. You said no. And uh, I said. I was like, we're not doing that because the one thing that you can control if you do a podcast or if you do something with content is once you give up the rights to your feed or the rights to your website or the rights to your social accounts, like they're gone. You can't get them back. The only way is to eventually try to buy them back. And, and typically that only happens if the company that buys them is a, is a distressed company that's looking to like get back anything for them. Yeah. I mean, and let's make a comparison, right? Yeah. And this is the comparison I'm going to make. So, you know, we all know know, we were, we worked for Crossing Broad when it was owned by Kyle Scott. And then he sold it to XL Media for $25 million. I mean, that's a public story. I'm not just throwing that number out there. He got $25 million. Yeah, some of that went to investors, but nevertheless, that was the sale price. Compare that to what that guy Enrico Campitelli got for 700 level from Comcast, which was far 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 less not a lot um but in both cases you you have to give up the the you know the rights to the the content and the right to the name and everything else and i guess what i'm the point i'm going to make there is if you do it make sure you're doing it for a life-changing number right i mean make sure you're doing it that for something that makes sense for everybody involved um but if not then there's no reason to let it go. You know, if you've, especially if there's still, you know, potential for it to, to, you know, someone else to come along and buy it or someone else to, you know, come along for it to grow even bigger. So that was one of the reasons why we didn't want to initially for certain for hockey podcast network, but I'm sure there's going to be something else that we're going to talk about here that um, that we'll get into, but uh, at least hockey podcast network, I mean, it, it didn't make sense at the time. Um, And as it turns out two years later, I think that we're, we're pretty smart to, to yep. have not done that. Mm-hmm. So after we got that done, um, we went on our run. Things went really well. And we can probably fast forward all the way to 2023. Well, the, keep in mind, the one thing that you you know we should mention is the reason why, yeah, our, our attention, we got a lot of attention because of the interviews that we did during COVID. But I think that what really, really placed us on the map hockey-wise was we were as critical as can be about the Flyers organization and the way they were being run. We were the only place you were getting any information at all about how they were running the business side of the team. And I, and I, I, and I stress that that's important because people, some, yeah. Are there fans out there who only care about what goes on on the ice? Of course. Yeah, of course. But, but the sports, uh, the, um, Sports business media was a huge thing back in the day. 
I mean, if you the Inquirer used to have actual reporters, multiple reporters, who all they wrote about was sports business, not about the games or the teams or the players, the business side of sports, including Glenn Macnow, who that means yeah. what he did at the Inquirer. Like that was one of his things, right? Um, so it that kind of just went away. As as newspapers started to make cuts and get rid of people from their staffs and stuff, they're like, well, eh, we're just not going to cover sports, the sports business as frequently. If there's something major, we'll get a story out there, but we're not going to have a beat reporter who's tracking this stuff down all the time. Yep. And we stayed on top of it. And whether it was me writing or us talking about it, and we held their feet to the fire and they hated us, Russ. I mean, how many sure times did. did we go on the show? And say, we know that they're listening right now. We know people are freaking out over at the Flyers offices right now. And we don't care Mm -hmm. because we, the fans need to know what's going on. And like, we were that, and they call them. How many times did we get phone calls and text messages and people freaking out about the stuff we were saying? And through all that, and through all that, despite all that stuff that was going on, and we had the coldest of relationships with the business side of that organization we still got stuff given to us as far as off record and stories still worked for it i mean given we still worked for it yes and so that that was a big i think that was a big thing like because it was like not only were we saying this stuff and putting it out there but then it was turning out to be accurate and right we weren't just doing it for you know for a sound bite oh listen to these two guys or with bunny three guys it was we were actually reporting. We were doing true work mm-hmm. that we were that we were telling through this show. And I think that that once people once people realized that we weren't just a couple of jamokes talking about things that we wanted people to believe, and we were actually telling a true story, I think that's when Snow the Goalie really entered its prominence um, yeah. uh, in the marketplace. And we ended up you know, what, one, on that one, one, one thing, right? one thing, one thing was, was really important too, is that like, we worked for those things, you know, like it's one, it's one yes. thing when you, when you effort things from sources, it's another thing when you build relationships where players are comfortable enough to come on your show. And obviously the PR is going to work with you and have, you know, give you access to have the player officially on your show. It's another thing to like buddy up to somebody who's new to the organization and have them, you know, give something to you because they feel like there needs to be another outlet that like has access whatever. Um, it happened. I don't know if it's happening as much anymore, but it happened for a while. And it was always weird because it was, you know, it was the thing where you say, Hey, I'm all about equity. I'm all about people having equal opportunity and access to get these players and get these executives and everything. But you better make sure that whatever you're offering up is, is fair and equitable across the board. And there were other, there were like a number of shows, although we're the only flyers podcast, there are other shows that like never got access. There were there's one, maybe two others that got access in their own ways, and they had different ways of getting people on their show. Um, but I don't know. Something was there was always something kind of weird about how how things went for a very short period of time after the new ownership or the the new people put in charge uh, got in and decided that they were going to try to disrupt things, but they didn't disrupt us. Um, so we we can kind of look ahead, I guess. You know, yeah, we I eventually made that list of of the yeah. top ten. Uh, Which eventually grew to 25. Yeah, and then eventually to 40. But we were in that top 10 or top 12 uh, Philadelphia-based podcast that you need to be listening to on the Philadelphia Inquirer list, which is very nice because the Inquirer has never really had a good relationship with Crossing Broad, and they probably never will, uh, in fairness. 
Um, but that was cool. And then around then, a little bit after that, as we got into 2023, we started hearing rumors about potential new outlets coming to the city. We heard about this desire for more local uh, streaming platforms, channels to expand their production. You and I started getting word about, you know, would you guys ever have interest in doing X, Y, Z? And we're like, eh, maybe. It has to be additive. If it's not additive, it's not worth it. And then it was, <clears throat> I think it was around June. June is when we did the Hilferty interview, yes. I think. Yes. You think? Yes. So leading up to the Hilferty interview, I said, the summer of 2023 was the most stressful time I've ever had to go through on this side of things because starting pretty much from the time I got back from vacation in June of 23, we were approached with a potential offer to buy the show. We were approached with, would you guys like to interview Dan Hilferty? We were approached with a few other things. And you and I went back and forth about, all right, what's the plan here? Because we're mm -hmm. the two founders of the show. Bundy is our third guy. He's our he's the third man, as we dubbed him when he first came on. He's an integral part of this show. Uh, but ultimately, you and I are the ones who we're going to make a decision on that as the founders of the show. Right. Um, and we went back and forth about, do we want to partner with somebody? Do we want to sell the show to somebody? What actually matters? Like what What is best for us? And ultimately, what's best for the people who listen to and watch the show? And so we got approached. Uh, do, does it matter if we say who it was by? No, I think it's fair to say it at this point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So back in June, we got approached by Brandon Spano, who owns All City. And we knew probably back in the spring that All City was going to launch in Philadelphia. They were going to go after who they considered to be the best and brightest writers and podcast hosts and on-air people that they could possibly get. I knew somebody who was out in the Denver market who gave me a little bit of insight into how things had been working out there. I found out from Chicago a couple of things about how things were going out there. Uh, I didn't have a contact in Phoenix to reach out to. I think you might have eventually talked to somebody who was out in Phoenix. Um, and so we got a better idea of like what they were going to do. You I, you, I think, were a little bit more bullish on it. I kind of looked at the numbers and I looked at how things were going and I said, this is the athletic with video and I'm not totally sure that this is going to last more than two or three years. And I think that ultimately they're going to have a high burn rate like the athletic did. And eventually they're going to sell off and, you know, I wish everybody the best, but I don't see this being a long-term solution. Um, and, and I still, for the record, I still feel that way. And I think that all the people who took jobs there, good on them. I, they all got raises. Uh, yes. and, and I hope they find a ton of success there. And I hope that ultimately that decision proves to be the right one. I think for all of the people who left the athletic, it was a good call because as we saw within weeks of the people leaving the athletic, New York Times Athletic killed virtually every local sports podcast that was out there. Um, so like, I think all those people made the right call. So I don't want this to get misconstrued as like taking shots at anyone. I think that all of the people who got hired are talented and valuable and I, I wish them all the best. But in looking at that business model, I said, I don't know if this is going to work. You and I went back and forth. Go ahead. You can add some color to this. Well, no, no. And the, the thing that really was what made me not want to go was because it was not including all of us on a, on the level that we needed to be included at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, I would have been hired full time. Um, <laughs> you would not have been full time. Oh, I, I, I was made a full-time 
I mean, they, they yeah, initially, they but wanted I mean, me to go, they wanted me to go full time. Yeah. But, but, but part not of, for part of going for a real price, not for, not for a price that I would have been anywhere happy right. with. But then, well, we, fairness, but then we, whatever we money kind of, they were going to offer me, if I had still been a teacher, I probably would have been happy with, but yeah. based on what I've been able to like advance to, right. it made no sense. And furthermore, they wanted, they wanted us to have the flexibility to go into the city to do a daily show, which I, I think that there is just diminishing returns on just in general with any team. Um, they wanted us to do a daily show and that daily show was going to float. And it was going to mean that I wasn't going to be able to like spend time with my kids because virtually every time slot that they were talking about having us do would have been, I can't pick up my kids from the bus. I can't spend time with them. Mm -hmm. uh, I won't see my wife until after the kids go down for bed. And I've, I've lost out on enough time just in, in terms of doing the regular job that I do and the time that I was teaching and then going straight to Flyers games for a few years. But I said, I'm just not doing that. And I said yeah. to you at the time, I was like, if you want to go, if you decide that you want to go, they are going to kill our show. They're going to offer us like a pretty decent sum of money for it. But like, I'm out. I can't, I can't do it. Right. Um, and you and I went back and forth. And by the way, all throughout that, they never reached out to Bundy, who is an integral part of the show. Right. So not only they were going to make you whole, but they were going to try to undercut me. And then they were <laughs> and then they were also not like reaching out to Bundy. They said, oh, well, you know, we might have something for Bundy. Like we, we can maybe like do something for him, which probably wasn't going to be very good anyway. Uh, and then then they never actually did formally reach out to him and like make him an offer. So, OK. So we said nay. We said, you know, thank you. Flattering. Great. But but no, thank you. And then we, but at the, on same, the same day, time, on the same day that we had that meeting, we went and we interviewed Dan Hilferty. Yeah. And as part, and the funny thing was, we interviewed Hilferty that morning. That night, we had a meeting where the guy showed up two hours late without shooting us a text to tell us that he was going to be late, which I just don't like. Um, and then we said, in fairness, all due respect, while you might have a nice platform and things might have worked and they might still work going forward, uh, we just interviewed the CEO of the company. You know, we just interviewed the CEO of Spectacor. They asked for us to interview him. We don't need help getting access. We, we have everything that we possibly want. So unless you're going to bowl us over with an absolutely absurd number to buy the show, we're not interested. And there's one other part of this, Ant, that I was very upset with, that I would not do, that somebody ultimately ended up doing. And again, I wish them all the best. But they wanted us to sell our show and rebrand it and... Mm -hmm. That wasn't going to happen. Correct. We wanted to maintain con creative control of Snow the Goalie and keep the name Snow the Goalie um, mm -hmm. rather than rebrand it completely. And even if they were buying the feed and get all the subscribers and I get all that. So like the people not necessarily, you know, necessarily wouldn't have gone. There's just something about the brand that you don't you don't just scrap it when it's successful. And it's kind of like it's kind of like when Philly.com disappeared and became Inquirer.com. Like, what the hell were you thinking? Like, that was just Philly.com was the name decision. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was stupid. But I would and, and but without at the same being, time without being egotistical, right? Because yeah. none, no flyer show is at the same level as like what a Bleeding Green Nation was at in, at its peak right. when they were doing their podcast before that split off to Go Birds, and that was like the whole thing. No, no account. I mean, if you look at social numbers and then if you kind of glean what numbers are, no flyer show at the time was what the rights to Ricky Sanchez was to the Sixers. Mm -hmm. So like 
uh, they're, they're, to, to me, it's like, you know, you can make the argument, you know, how valuable is your brand? How valuable is your brand? The thing is, as Bundy has said many times on the show, as I experienced this past summer and as you ex- experienced a lot of times, you get people who walk up and say, hey, I love the podcast. I love Snow the Goalie. You know, they, of course, they like us because we're the, we're the people. Without the people, there is no show. Without the show, there are no people, sort of. But um, we, we didn't want to rebrand. We had that back and forth. We, we made the case of why it's silly to rebrand shows. But that's what they wanted to do. And, and again, that was another part of why we ultimately said nay. Um, so that was a big day. But at the same time, mm-hmm. that was a big day. It was. Was was it like the next day or two days later? It was the same week. Yeah. We heard from the Flyers mm-hmm. that they might be interested in some capacity mm-hmm. in Snow the Goalie. Mm-hmm. And that really turned the summer kind of upside down a little bit. Just added to my stress. <laughs> so that became a whole different conversation. And I don't know if you want to kind of take it from there and well, and, and we, what, what kind of happened there. We had just gone from turning down a pretty solid chunk of change to sell our show and our souls or just our show uh, and, and said no. Um, and I think we'd actually countered with something where it's like, if we can keep the name and come back with better numbers, maybe we'll, we'll talk, but we, we knew in our hearts that that just wasn't a thing. Um, we had the initial conversation about what working with the flyers would look like. And my number one concern as it should be for anybody who ever gets approached about working with an entity for which they're supposed to cover is your favorite thing. Journalistic integrity. Correct. Um, the big, the big thing that I, I think we said at the time and that I was very adamant about that. I also said in the other video on the snow, the goalie channel is that we didn't want to become state propaganda that any deal that we worked out with the flyers had to allow us. I mean, first of all, you can't even ask, right? If, if the initial ask had been, well, we're going to try to control or limit what you guys say on the show or write about for whatever outlet you write for, that would have been a total non-starter. But from the jump street, they said, you guys are just going to keep doing what you're doing. And they, the, one of the examples they used was that, um, I think it was in Edmonton. They were doing some stuff that was interesting with streaming. Um, there had been a comparison made to like the, uh, I, you know, this is going to upset people, but apparently the Cowboys have people who are on payroll, who are critical of the team, who write things for the Cowboys website. Um, and that, that apparently was a thing where this organization looked at it and said, you know, having people who just say the same positive thing when things aren't positive makes you not a reliable place to go for your news about the team. And I think that there's always kind of the understanding or the thought going into like checking out what a team has on their, their site or their social channels or podcasts or whatever that like, oh, these people are employed by the team and, and they're just going to say positive things. They're going to gaslight us. And in fairness, we just knew that that wasn't something we were interested in. So we had those conversations. We, we had the initial chat about what things would look like, structure, all that. And we had a few things that had to get worked out. Bundy was also at the same time working something out with the team. And that was, that was taking a bit of time. And then we probably went, what, a month, month and a half of, you know, will they, won't they? And then you, I'll let you take it. We'll see where you decide to take it from there. Yeah. And, and 
for there was a time in there, and of course the thing Bundy was working out ultimately is with art. You know what was announced for him to be part of their pregame radio um, mm-hmm. broadcast. Um, but there was a time in there where we kind of got the sense that this wasn't going to happen, that we yeah. weren't going to be able to do it. At least not now. It's not that it's not like they 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 balked at anything we had asked for or we balked at something that they said. It was just a matter of, hey, you know, this is getting really, really close to the start of the season, and maybe we're just not ready for this yet. Let's reconvene after this season, and maybe we'll talk about it next year. And so, like, we we even went on the pod and and made a thing saying we, we are going to be ourselves, and we're staying true to ourselves, and this was important. Yeah. And we wanted to get that message out there because, you know, it – you know, people talk in our industry, right? And so yeah. it could have easily gotten out that that's what we were doing. And, you know, we didn't want that to be a thing. And so like we came out and said, look, we decided that we we're going to just stay true to Snow the Goalie. And then all of a sudden it it regenerated. Like the conversation came back around. Like a couple people started, I was talking with somebody over there and it was just like, yeah, well, why don't we look at it from this perspective? And then bang, all of a sudden we were talking again. And in the end, you know, we've, we decided that we have a, we can work this out. We can come to a situation where we maintain all creative control of the show. It remains snow, the goalie uh, in name. It remains on snow, the goalie.com. Um, you and you can continue to work for XL media. I can continue to write for crossing broad and write about the team. We can continue to be critical if necessary. Um, and basically in essence, Russ is, you know, the, the, the contract that we have signed um, and we could talk about what's going to be included in this, but the contract we have signed basically makes us a licensee. Mm-hmm. And that's an important deal d- differentiation. We are not employed mm-hmm. by Comcast Spectacor. Yep. We are a licensed partner mm-hmm. who is a, who are allowed access to certain things, including the Flyers logo um, that we can incorporate into our logo. Um, and, you know, we're going to get some some marketing and promotion out of it, um, and we're going to be able to do some some cool new things as well. And really, this you know this all goes to Keith Jones and Dan Hilferty really being the driving forces behind this, um, because they recognize that the place people are going to get their flyers related news mm-hmm. is snow the goalie um it, it, more so in all honesty as a writer even more so than crossing broad yeah. like I, I write stories for crossing broad and people will read them and we'll talk about them on this show yep. but the traffic is not there the traffic is here and this is where people are coming the for the information right yeah. so after much back and forth and having some lawyers get involved with a lot of the legal terminology and guys, I see the eye twitching, like, uh, like the pink Panther or like the guy in, uh, it was the guy who used to hunt down inspector Caluso. I forget what his know, the character's name was, but it's the same thing. Um, the little eye twitch. Um, but yes, after all of that rigmarole with legal, with legalese, we signed a contract. Um, it's technically, Darren- Technically, we we said at the start of the show that we're recording this on October 10th. Yes. Right? Yeah. We have not signed the contract yet, just for the sake of legal. Um, I was saying it because people this, are going to see it no, I after the, the fact. To- that, well, yeah. I just feel like it's probably an important thing if in case down the line we ever have to come back to this, this yeah, episode. Okay. Fair enough. 
So that's why we are it, recording this on October 10th. We haven't signed it yet, but by the time you see this episode or you listen to signed. this episode, it will be yes. signed. Otherwise, we wouldn't have released it. Maybe so we wouldn't have wasted the time doing this episode. Like, well, I don't know if it would have yeah. been a waste. We could have just cut this entire part out and just said, "Hi hey guys, here's where we are. We're just going to keep going for it." <laughs> um, but no, the 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 cool thing is in the deal, which will have been signed by the time this video comes out. Oh, and, and real um, quick, why Bundy is not here with us today? He's at jury duty. Jury duty. <laughs> He's on jury duty. <laughs> I told him, I'm like, dude, the way that you get out of jury duty is you just, you walk in, you take a look at the defendant, whoever they are, and you say, your honor, I don't know what he or she did, but I'm sure they did it. And then immediately they'll send you out. Yeah. It has to work. Right? Um, anyway, th the big thing, and, and I have to stress this, as we have done over 50 minutes of a detailed story a tell-all although that usually has a negative connotation i was pulling back the curtain on what the show has has gone through um it was really important that we maintained our ability to write for whoever we wanted to mm -hmm. that if down the line if either of us ever switched what platform we were writing for or whatever we were doing that we would have the ability to do it that they wouldn't try to flag us and tell us hey you were too critical in that game story or hey that was that was unfair how you categorized that play in the corner we, we didn't want to have to deal with that on the podcast side of things. And I can announce this because this is very good because I know that this would be a question that people would have. Um, all right, you're affiliated with the team. They're going to be promoting your show on social media. Um, do you have to go back to being G-rated? Do you have to go back to when Russ was a teacher and was afraid to curse for fear of parents and administrators finding it and coming in and firing him from his teaching job that was paying the bills at the time? No. We have worked that into the contract, too. So our show will remain our show. Bundy Bombs will remain in place. Uh, we can still have an unfiltered take on the team, on uh, the league, on whatever is happening. We don't have to change how we talk about the team. We don't have to change our actual language and how we discuss the team. Now, one thing that will change is that the Press Row show, which was mostly G-rated anyway, will have to be G-rated because we are essentially going to become the official digital streaming pre-intermission and post-game show. Now, TV is going to still do TV. Radio is still going to do radio. But this team is going to promote the Press Row show for pre-game, intermission, and post-game. And since they're doing it in that capacity, we said, all right, we'll make sure that we're being kind. We'll, be, we'll make sure that, it's family that we can't be critical, but that it's family-friendly. Yes. There's a really important part of this. And it's still being worked out as of recording this video. Press Rose Show will be different this year in that instead of us having five different links, one for pregame, one for first intermission, second intermission, or four, and one for postgame, um, maybe five if they go to overtime, <laughs> uh, we're going to maintain one singular stream. So you'll go over to the Snow the Goalie YouTube channel and you'll see a video for the game. All right, and that's going to start with the home opener. And so once that stream goes live, it's going to remain up through the end of postgame. Now, our plan right now is to probably do at least a half hour, maybe an hour pregame, especially for the first night. I don't know how long it's going to be. We'll figure that out. Intermission will probably go the entirety. Like as soon as the horn sounds, we will be live with each intermission because we want to have a jump on everybody else. 
We're not going to be the, you know, like we said, TV and radio are also doing this. We want to have a jump. We don't want to take commercial breaks. If we get a couple of sponsors that, you know, pay us nice sums of money to do a 30 or 60 second plug here or there, fine, cool, happy to do that. Got to pay some bills. Um, but we're going to, we're going to go right from the, from the, from the horn. Same thing with post game. As soon as the game ends, we are live. But to hold you over so you're not staring at a black screen, there's going to be some element of a game cast or a stats, like a, a live stats feed that's going to be going throughout the gameplay because of NHL contracts and because of contracts that the team has with other entities, we can't show video of the arena while the game is happening. We also can't play the audio of what's happening in the building at the time. Down the line, could we? Perhaps. The agreement that we have with the Flyers is, well, it's, it has potential multiple years to it. And if down the line, we figured out something that we could do that's a little bit more interactive, which is really, truthfully, why the first breakdown in communication with them happened. Um, I wanted to have a stream that maintained that had something going on in between. The goal is that if you turn on the Snow the Goal YouTube channel for pregame, we're going to have something there that's going to be additive during the game. If it's updated stats, if it's a game cast, whatever it is, that you can have that up on your phone, your tablet, your computer, and that can just be sitting off to the side. You're watching your game. You have this other thing that's available to you if you want to. If you don't, whatever. Live your best life. If you're, uh, I don't know. I don't have another application for it. But like, it's going to be there. It, it should be additive to the experience of watching a game. But then as soon as the horn sounds, we're back on. We're doing our show. We're doing Press Row Show. It'll be me and you for pregame. It'll be me, you, and Bundy for intermissions and for postgame. It'll be me and Bundy with potentially you coming to us from the locker room or coming back up after the locker room access. Right. So it's a, it's a really exciting thing. It's something that we're really looking forward to doing. I think bringing back the Press Row Show is so big because for whatever reason, that show just did such – it did bigger numbers at the time than like the regular podcast did for like a year or so. It was mm -hmm. insane. We would get thousands of people who would go back. And we'd look at the analytics because I, I don't like fake analytics and sometimes there are fake ones out there. Like you'll see somebody say, oh, we get, and this is not anybody in this market, but you'll see something where it says like, oh, 50,000 people downloaded this episode. And it's, it's not true. Like there were a bunch of platforms that were inflating numbers. So like if you look at something on Twitter, for example, and you see, you know, 300 viewers, there might not have actually been 300 viewers. If you look at the analytics, it might have been like 300 people watched a minute of it at some point and then they fell off. What we saw that was so encouraging was when we would have 800 people watching, you know, day of or day after, or eventually we got up to like 1,500 people watching day of, day after. I'd look at that analytics and like, yes, there'd be a couple of bumps here and there. But for the most part, we held a significant portion of that audience the entire way through a 15-minute intermission show, or we would hold those people through a 25-minute pregame show. So I'm really interested to see how that works out. I'm interested to see how it's going to work out with the team promoting the show. But I think it's really cool, and I think that ultimately the people who have supported the show for years are going to find that we're not going to change. We have no intention of changing. And by the way, in this contract, if somebody were to try to violate the terms we could just pull out of the deal. I mean, they have this, they have the ability to, like if, if something were to go horribly wrong, you know, Anthony takes his shirt off and, you know, starts uh, dancing in press row uh, during <laughs> post game or something. If they deem that inappropriate and they wanted to pull out of the deal, we'd, we'd have like mediation or whatever, but like, I guess ultimately they could too, but I think this is going to be good. I don't think that there's any, uh, 
I don't think there's anything that's in our deal that we had hesitation about, which is really cool because usually in a negotiation, both sides, it's the thing they say in, in a negotiation, both sides kind of have to feel it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think we ran into anything, uh, with that, with the team, which is honestly kind of cool. No, it's, it's great. And, and I think you, you explained that really well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the press row show to be back, um, and be back in the way it's being done. Um, and um, as, as you guys probably have seen by now, um, depending on if you saw this first or you saw that, maybe you didn't see it first, but, you know, we sat down with Keith Jones um, as the first official interview of this new partnership. And you heard him say, and if you haven't listened to it, go and check it out. It's on the Snow the Goalie YouTube page and on Snow the Goalie. Where can people find this Snow the Goalie YouTube page at? Uh, YouTube.com backslash at Snow the Goalie. That's right. I can read. Uh, <laughs> I would hope that like after months and months and months of. I leave the promotional stuff to you. I, it's, it's, it's your bag. Um, but um, you'll hear Jonesy confirm basically everything that we we just said about this agreement yeah. and, and that, you know, we are maintaining um, our independence of the organization for as far as uh, being able to talk about whatever we want to talk about and, and in any way that we need to talk about it. So yeah. um, I think it's really cool uh, to have press row. Um, we're going to have guests on um, press row show and the podcast um, from time to time. We we will, you know, do some stuff with the flyers from the business side of things. Like sometimes if they have a big, you know, the carnival's coming, let's have, yeah. you know, Cindy Stutman join us again. She came on with snow, the goalie before we'll have her come on again and just talk about, Hey, what's going on for the carnival? What do you got? So we'll have some of that as well for fans, which is really interesting as fans are always interested in, you know, the community stuff that, that they do outside of hockey, but we'll also have uh, people from the hockey operations side of things to come on and talk about the team and what's going on on the ice. And, um, you know, players, uh, you know, who knows if I'll be able to, we can work the tech out. Maybe I'll be able to get a player interview after games. We'll see. We'll, we'll Down try. And we're gonna, yeah, yeah, we might be able to, there, there are we, ways we've, that we've discussed to these things. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. We've discussed these things. So I think that, <laughs> yep. I think it's going to grow and it's going to become organically bigger um, as time goes, as time goes on. Um, but we have a lot of ideas and a lot of things that we think that that'll work. And I think that it will be a great spot for fans to come immediately after, or immediately before the game, at each intermission and then immediately after the game to get great analysis that I don't think you're getting anywhere else on what's happening with this, with this team, because think about it. You have the TV show, you have TV and that's fine. And that's the, the, and that's your generic. They they do their thing. They do their thing. They do their thing. Radio is a 15 minute post game. Yeah. And, and the intermissions, and this is no knock on, on, you know, Jason and Brian. I mean, but they are very limited in time. They got to get a lot of commercials in in that, in that sure. short period of time. And so it's just basically like recapping the goals and, you know, um, you know, here's some stats, some scores from around the league. I mean, it's, it's more filler. Okay. And let's, I mean, well, I'm not in, saying, in fairness. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. I want to make sure that we're not, I'm not saying that in a negative way because they're, you know, they're all part of the same thing now. Right. In a lot yeah. of ways. So, so it's, it's just a different thing. What we're going to offer is just straight raw, reactions but what we can do that nowhere else can do or is doing i should say not that they can't do it they but no one else is doing it is we have you guys we have the fans coming in 
and making comments. And we put, we'll pull your comments up and we'll address them. We'll talk about them. We'll hear what you feel about the game and we'll talk about it. So like that is something that is so unique and so different and having the flyers uh, behind this allows us to reach more people and to really get more fans and really get a real sense for what everybody's thinking out there. And then I think that we can, we can make our coverage shaped around what the fans want to hear Russ, or around what the fans want to see and the questions that the fans want to ask. And I think that that's, it's an, it's an interactive show. Yes. It's it's what the show always was. It's what the press row show was so good at and ahead of its time was we had that running chat on the side that aggregated from YouTube and from Facebook and from Twitter at the time from Periscope. Like we were way ahead on that and pulling up people's comments on screen. So that, that's something that I'm really excited to bring back. And listen, if there was one good thing to come out of COVID, it was that technology has gotten a little bit easier to use when running these shows and figuring out ways to interact with audience. Um, one cool thing, and this is maybe my favorite thing that we worked into this deal is that the press row show is going to live on the snow, the goalie channel. It's not going to live on the flyers channel, their YouTube channel. And if you wonder like, why does that matter? It's because we're going to get to grow our audience for our show by using our channel. Now, there is a chance that at some point we could look to spread the wealth on other social channels with the Flyers. But for now, it's going to live on the Snow the Goalie channels and be promoted through the Flyers. Um, I'm very excited about it. I think that if if you've made it through an hour five uh, of this show and you've been waxing poetic about like where things were and have grown alongside Anthony Sanfilippo and Russell Joy um, <laughs> and Bundy... Um, this should be welcome news. It should be exciting. Um, and if you're a naysayer, if you're a detractor who's posting mean things in the comments below about, they, they said it was a big announcement. It's not a big announcement. This is about as big as it could have been other than us selling the show for six figures. And just weren't going to do that. We already said. Just didn't have interest in selling out the show and not maintaining the ability to, to do what we want to do with it. I said to Ann at the time, uh, each time there's been an offer to buy the show, I've said, look at the number. Here's how we get to that number within a year or two. I would much rather just do the slow build and do this for a year or two and make that money back and still have ownership and control of our show than sell it to somebody who could just as easily can us within a year if things don't go the way they wanted to financially. What we've got for ourselves here is a deal that is not only good for me, is not only good for but for uh, Ant, but is also good for Bundy. And it's something that's going to allow us to continue to grow the show. It's going to allow us to get back into having, I think, better, more consistent access to players and to you know people who are in the organization. It's going to allow us to do some more content. One thing that I think is really nice is that after each season, we're going to go back and evaluate the partnership. They're going to evaluate. We're going to evaluate it. And like, there are other layers of content that I want to eventually do as part of this partnership. If it's not in the first month here, the first two months, like I definitely want to do it by the end of the year. I'd like to look to do more for the following year and the year after that. Because I think ultimately, as you kind of pointed out, Ant, I think that the way that we covered the team, I think the way that we have gone about discussing this team and building this listenership and this viewership that are in the thousands between YouTube and and on uh, the podcast feed as well, when you get these people and when you have this loyal following, it's so important to make sure that you don't lose sight of what got you to that dance in the first place. 
And so the fact that we're going to be able to do this, but also mm -hmm. amplify it and have the flyers amplify it, even though, as Jonesy uh, acknowledges in the interview on the Snow the Goalie channel, uh, it's not always going to be positive. We, we have been more negative about this team for the past five or so years than probably any other main outlet or outlet with access. And yet we've done it in the interest of being fair. We have said many times that what this season is going to be for the Flyers is a rebuild. They're being very honest and clear about the fact that it's going to be a rebuild, that it's going to take time and it's going to hurt. We're giving them the benefit of the doubt, but don't think for a second that if the wheels fall off or if something awful happens with the team or the organization in two months that we're going to all of a sudden be buttoned up and, and not be allowed to talk about it. That's why we worked out the deal the way that we did. We intend on being fair and being honest about how this team looks and how they play and all that. But I will tell you that ultimately, we're very excited about this partnership. We do think that it's going to allow this show to grow. And ultimately, it's going to allow us to reach even more fans than before. And I will tell you that if you've been somebody who's been on this ride with us for the last five and a half years, we want to thank you. And we know a lot of you because you interact with us on Twitter or you send us emails, snowthegoalie@gmail.com, or you follow us on Instagram and send us messages there. There are a few people who just like started following us on TikTok and sending us stuff on there as well. Uh, I'll just tell you, we have some other things that we're working on, other ways that we want to try to do additional content. We might at some point start working out post-game shows on the Snow the Goalie channel for road games or if not post-game, the morning after. And I are still figuring that out. It's going to be a lot of extra stuff to do. But I think that ultimately, if that's like one way that we, I don't know, try to reach out to more fans, like it's something that we're open to. If there's something that you want to see us do, if there's something that you would like to see us do to expand our coverage of the team, by all means, you can send us an email, snowthegoalie at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle's been on the screen the whole time, at joyonbroad, at antsanphilly. Bundy's at cterian6. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash snowthegoalie. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on Threads, although we don't post anything there anymore because Threads is pretty much dead, I think, apparently, allegedly. I don't know who's to say. But we're also there at Snow the Goalie. And, of course, YouTube.com slash at Snow the Goalie. I will probably start writing a lot of a lot more content for SnowTheGoalie.com. We've toyed with the idea of a newsletter. We might do it. We might not. But for now, we'll definitely have content going up on SnowTheGoalie.com. If you're interested, if you're sitting out there and you're like, hey, I think – I might want to eventually write about sports someday. If you're listening, if you're in college and you're like, I'd like to try to get a start somewhere and you're interested in trying to write for snowthegoalie.com, you'll want to reach out to me, snowthegoalie at gmail.com or send me a DM at joy on broad on Twitter. Be happy send me to a DM. Over anything that you've done. I'll end up, throwing, I'll end up you forcing know, you over to Russ, but send me a yeah. DM. We can and talk. We'll, we'll consider, you know, we're going to do formal application process here, but if, if people are out there and they want to write, by all means, we're, we're more than willing to try to help some people uh, especially, you know, college age people who are trying to get a, their start or just out of college who are looking to get their start uh, with a reputable, you know, group of people. Um, we're happy to to try to work something out there and help, you know, I think one of the coolest things, and I guess this is probably the former teacher in me, but like the idea of being able to help somebody get their career started, write them a letter of recommendation, which I was fucking great at. I will have you know. <laughs> Kids who asked me for letters of rec, I made them sound like the greatest student in the history of students. Some of them were. Some of them were good. I never wrote one for bad students, though. I would say you might want to find somebody else. But uh, I got a few. I, I will tell you, this was pretty cool. I had a few students who at the time were like, can you write me a letter of rec for Brown? Or can you write me a letter of rec for Harvard? And I was like, 
sure, you know. No problem. Good old, good old me. But uh, they got in. They got into any college, and it, it certainly was not because of their academic ability. It was because of the letter of rec I wrote. There you go. Uh, so it wasn't that. It was the only uh, but anyway, letter of recommendation. The only letter of recommendation. <laughs> uh, but anyway, if you're interested, snowthegoalie at gmail.com. We'll try to work it out. Um, if you're somebody who uh, will go with the same thing, wants to get their start doing social media, wants to like expand and be able to build out a portfolio, we're also open to, to that as well. So if you like, you're like, hey, I have to get an internship for whatever program. If you're at Westchester University, the best Chester, my alma mater, might give you, you know, uh, an even better look. But uh, anybody out there, if you want to do writing, if you want to do social media work, uh, we're more than happy to to have that conversation. So um, I'm very excited about what we've been able to do for the first five and a half years of this show. I look forward to what we're going to be able to do this season. So I want to thank everybody who's been part of the ride. Well, for those of you who initially found us through Crossing Broad, for all of those of you who found us through other mediums. And let's be honest, there are many people who listen to the show who were not Crossing Broad fans and who still might not be Crossing Broad fans. Guess what? That's totally fine too. You're more than welcome to continue listening to the show or watching the show on the Snow the Goalie YouTube channel. We don't judge. We're just happy to have you here. We love you all. I feel like I'm about to like turn into Pat McAfee here. I'm like, I'm going to start rolling up my sleeves. I'm going to start talking about how we got some dogs in here. You got to, no, no, no. Roll up your sleeves. You got to wear the tank top is what you got to wear. I don't, I don't have tank tops like that. I don't. (laughs) We've got to keep these guns away. Anyway, big thank you. This was an hour 15. We legitimately meant for this to be a five minute thing. We've somehow turned this into an hour 15. Our apologies, but thank you for listening or maybe even watching Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, which will remain the only Flyers podcast. Now you can follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at snow the goalie. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Amazon music, Pandora. I almost said Stitcher. Stitcher is not a thing anymore. Hopefully by the time somebody finds the show, they'll know that we're where we are. Imagine if like three or four years from now, somebody finds us and they go, well, Amazon and Apple merged. Those apps don't exist anymore. Well, as of October 10th, 2023, all of those apps still exist. And if they don't exist, actually do us a favor. If you watch this show many years from 2023, if you somehow landed here in the algorithm and Snow the Goalie is no more, it's 2045 and and uh, um, we aren't doing the show anymore, by all means, comment down below because everything always lives forever on the internet. Let us know what we got wrong. Let us know if like, did, did Amazon and Apple merge? Did Google buy Disney? We want to know. I mean, we'll know at that point. It's not like we can retroactively come back to this moment in time with comments from 2045. But just for funsies, it'll be fun. And Ant, someday, you and I, assuming we're still alive, we will look at some point. We'll inevitably find our way back to this channel, to this video, to this moment. And we will look at those comments and say, oh, boy. Life was different back in 2023. Just like we said at the start of this episode when we said, hey, life was very, very different Back in 2018. So, Ant, it's been a hell of a ride. And it's going to be a hell of a ride going forward, too. Thank you for listening or watching Snow the Goalie. We'll talk to you soon.